Hello and welcome to Feminist Fridays, your weekly intersectional dose of self-empowerment and equality. I'm your host, Sarah Liberty, coming to your airwaves from Sydney. And this week we have a guest who's going to talk to us about pleasure. Her name is Asti Marie and she is joining us to talk about her work turning women into sensual and desirable goddesses so they can feel confident, desirable, passionate and have a turn on for life. Asti also has her own sex toy business, Pleasure Treasures, which she is going to tell us about. I bet you're very curious now. But before we hear from Asti, we're going to kick off with a track by Prince called Cream. And this is the Stereo Wave remix.
Hi, Asti. Welcome to Feminist Fridays. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And we're going to be talking about pleasure, I understand. Um, yes. But I would like to start by asking where you grew up and what your early influences were. I have been looking around your site, which I love, by the way, and noticed that the girl that you used to be is unrecognisable. Before we talk about you now, what did that girl look like? So first of all, I grew up in Auckland, New Zealand. Ah. Um, and I don't think I'm very consciously aware of my earliest influences until I got a little bit older and I started dancing. So I really looked up to the woman that I met through pole dancing and then um, in stripping, just in the way that they fully owned their bodies and owned their sexuality and were fully proud of who they were as women. And that really gave me permission to reclaim that part of myself um, and really started my journey on my own reclamation of my own sexuality. I remember in my, my first few relationships, I would use my sexuality as a way to keep my partners happy so it was a way for me to feel like I was worthy of their love it was a way for me to to earn their love so I would always put my needs last and if they were happy I was happy didn't even know what my needs were let alone be able to speak them it was really like not very strong with my boundaries I was really insecure with who I was and really insecure with my body I remember like at times not wanting to even get changed or be seen naked in front of my partners. And now I'm like, that's not me at all. I'm like, my boundaries are so strong. I know exactly what I want. I know exactly who I am. And I'm not ashamed of any aspects of myself. So it's like a full 180, like who I am now is incomparable to who I used to be. So when did you realize that who you used to be was something that you wanted to change? And what was that journey like? Um, it really started in one of my first relationships. That's where I was like, something really needs to change. I was in a toxic and an abusive relationship. And that's when I started pole dancing. So for me, that was like my first little taste of what life could be like and fully owning who I was. But at that same time with me, like loving this new journey that I was on, my ex-partner was trying to kind of tear me down and pull me away from doing that so he would in like really subtle ways like slut shame me for wanting to pole dance and for like the outfits that we would wear and stuff so I like fully rebelled against that and ended up leaving him completely breaking up with him leaving the relationship um, and that's what really started me on my journey I decided that I was just going to follow my heart, follow my intuition, follow what turned me on without caring what anybody else thought. Um, and yeah, and that led me on a wild, wild journey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think we actually have that in common. I've been in an abusive relationship too, and it, um, it also triggered in me like a desire to, I guess, you know, reclaim my life and rebel. Um, and, mm. and I guess, you know, it's really a strong part of who I am today too. Yeah. Good for us. <laughs> it pushed me really far. So I, what I thought it was, I was, I felt really loved in that relationship, but he really pulled me away from being like the desirable, like sexy goddess. Like he wouldn't allow me to express my inner slut. So I was very young then. And what I 
the narrative that, that I created around this was like, you could either be loved or you could be desired and love to be loved was for someone to fully like claim you and like kind of keep you on a cage and keep you locked up away from the world. And pe- to be desired was to be fully free and like wanted by the people around you. So in that moment, I was like, I don't want to be loved. Like I want to be free. I want to be that girl that's going to be desired. And that really pushed me fully one way into that world and becoming a stripper. Amazing. And then I guess like through, through years of dancing that I realized through my next relationship that you can actually have both, that you can be loved and you can be desired. Mm. It's just a beautiful dance of keeping those two energies alive. So tell us about yeah. your business, Pleasure Treasures and your range of toys. I am extremely curious because as people who know me will attest to, I am quite a fan of adult boutiques and sex toys, but I've never come across any made of glass before. (laughs) So I also want to know what that sensation is like, but I just realised I asked about three questions at once again. (laughs) So I'll, I'll hand over to you. Um, so I designed or put out these uh, this range of sex toys mostly with the intention of women just getting to know their own bodies and getting to know their own pleasure. I hear lots of complaints from women all the time like, oh, my God, like my partner just like rushes like to the clit, like he never takes his time, right? There's all the, always these same complaints. And I'm like, well, how do you make love to yourself? And usually the way that our partners make love to us is is the same way that we're making love to ourselves. So we get to set the bar. We get to set the standard by the way that we touch ourselves and give ourselves pleasure. And there's also, it's like we're expecting our partners to be able to give us pleasure that we can't even give to ourselves. So you need to understand your body. You need to know what gets you off, what turns you on, so that you can communicate this with your partner, right? Mm -hmm. They're not going to be able to understand your pleasure unless you can understand it yourself. So the range of toys themselves, um, they are incredible in the way that they all come with their own practice guide. So most of them come with a meditation or a practice guide um, with their own intention. So one will guide you to more expansive experiences of orgasm, one's for healing. So for any woman who experiences pain or discomfort during sex, it allows you to move through some of that stagnancy, some of that tension or tightness to then move back into pleasure. There's one that comes with a manifestation practice. So using your sexual energy to aid in the manifestation process. The like the most popular one's called Squirt for Me, which teaches women how to squirt. Mm-hmm. And that one actually comes with a video demonstration. And this is my all-time favorite product because it's so easy to go on the internet and to to research these videos, but they're always filmed by women in a very performative way in a way to get men off whereas this piece of content is filmed by a woman for women so it's really sweet and pure and innocent and it honestly just feels like you're sitting in bed next to like your older sister and she's just like showing you the ropes and showing you how it works so I get messages from women all the time like I use the wand and I sweat it for the first time and it makes me so happy so happy um, and yes you said they're all glass which for a couple of reasons I decided to go glass Um, they're non-porous, which means that they are more hygienic. I also think they offer a more smooth form of stimulation and penetration. I don't know about you, but when I've used like silicone or like rubber products in the past, they kind of get like grippy. Mm. So they don't slide very nicely. It's like this weird 
sensation um, that's not so pleasurable. They also don't vibrate, which is another bonus. And there's nothing wrong with using vibrating toys here or there, but I do say that they are like the fast food of sex toys, that they're okay every so often. Mm -hmm. If you are using toys that that vibrate quite often, it can lead to desensitization or you end up relying on that form of stimulation to experience orgasm, which is just as empowering because like no penis or no fingers are going to to vibrate. So you're not going to be able to orgasm with a partner. Um, but it's interesting. A lot of women are like, I don't know about glass. Like, do you, is it like, are they too hard? Mm. I'm like, what do you mean? Nobody ever complains that a penis is too hard. So why are we complaining that our toys are too hard? <laughs> oh my gosh. So true. Amen to all of those things you've said. But I just wanted to go back to, you know, if you go online and you might be looking at some adult uh adult entertainment sites and you look mm -hmm. at videos so much of that content is is filmed from a sort of a male gaze yeah that's actually a lot of my early on like sex education I got through porn mm -hmm. and I've kind of had to unlearn this as I've gotten older that our sexuality as women often looks nothing like what we learn from porn mm -hmm. so down to like desire oftentimes as women we have the desire or we feel aroused after sex has been initiated. So a lot of women end up turning down sex because they're not feeling turned on, but often it's like it comes after the initiation, right? So the male model is very linear. It's like they, they're turned on or like they're aroused, they have the desire to have sex and then sex is initiated. Mm. Women, we can like, we can, this can happen in any order in any number of ways. The same as orgasm. It's like in porn, they're like turned on, really quickly and then the sex is like hard fast and then the orgasm's like out of nowhere boom explosive they're done which <laughs> that's fine like we can experience orgasm that way but it's not the only way and it shouldn't be put on a pedestal mm. so we can experience orgasm in so many different ways and oftentimes for women it does take us a lot longer to get turned on turned on and our orgasms aren't always hard fast and explosive sometimes they are more gentle or soft and surrendered and last over a long period of time rather than being such a full-on peak experience. Mm. It, it's so interesting that, yeah, I, I completely agree with you on those points. Um, yeah, it's very, it, the whole linear kind of depiction is, mm. it gets a bit boring. <laughs> I mm. mean, you know, mm -hmm. it, and it's interesting that you were talking about the vibrating things being like the fast food of sex toys because that they do tend to do that <laughs> you kind of end up using yeah. using a bit of lube and it's kind of all gone it's like yep okay that happened so I do have one and I've, I've used it a couple of times and I'm like I'm honestly done in like a minute I'm like that was like <laughs> like what what just happened like it's over and done so quickly yeah and coming back to it making love to yourself in the way that you want to love it to it's like is that what we really want as women do we want it done that quickly or do we want to be like worshipped and like desired and teased and tantalized and like we want to be able to feel like we can fully take our time and not rush that's where the most beautiful experiences stem from so we shouldn't be rushing ourselves in our own self-pleasure um, experiences I could talk to you about certain toys for a long time but I'm going to also talk to you about being a sexual empowerment coach and expert and you work with the women who want to get their pussies pairing more. What are mm -hmm. some of the reasons that 
women come to work with you and how does it the coaching work? So a lot of the time women come to me because oftentimes in their in their past, there's like a lot of sexual tra- shame, trauma, conditioning that they're holding on to. And we work to release some of that and to create some new beautiful and, and empowering narratives around their sexuality. Um, a lot of women also, I mean, in general in our world, we live in such a mess. And with this hustle, women are often hustling and kind of ticking off all these boxes based on what they think society thinks they should be doing instead of asking themselves, like, what is it that I truly want as a woman? What is it that I want out of my life? And then moving in alignment from that place. So a lot of women are quite successful and they've got a lot of achievements, but they still don't have that sense of full, like, fulfillment and contentment because everything that they've achieved isn't in alignment with their soul's desires. So this is why I think sexuality work is so empowering because it's through your sexuality that you get to connect to the divine within you. So you get to connect to yourself on deeper levels that way. And that's where you can really figure out what it is that you desire. And then coming on, going, going from that, it's like when you connect to your sexuality and you're fully embodied in this power and this innate aspect of who you are and you're embodied in like, this orgasmic bliss and pleasure, there's no way that you can be tapped into that and then not feel worthy. So this added layer of feeling worthy allows you to then go out and make it happen. So knowing what you want and then being able to go out and make it happen, that's where you live a life of like total empowerment inside the bedroom and outside. So I think you've sort of touched on this already, but you also speak on your side about living orgasmically. And I'm just Mm. curious about what holds people back from wanting to do that because who doesn't want to live orgasmically? I mean, I certainly do. Um, Mm. Is it kind of a case of people being very much in their heads or maybe things have stemmed from, you know, a bad experience when they were growing up or something like that. Um, Yeah. What do you think are some of the barriers? So first of all, there's a lot of us, I would say even all of us as women are holding on to some layers of conditioning around our sexuality. So with us being taught over time that our sexuality is dirty, that it's shameful, that it's disgusting, that it's dangerous, we do tend to disconnect. And if there's any trauma or emotional residue from past experiences that we're holding on to our body, if we're not ready to go back in and revisit those in order to bring them up and to release them, sometimes it is easier just to to disconnect. So there's often like the sense of safety, just living up in our heads and being disconnected from our pleasure. The other thing is, We've been taught to use pleasure as a reward, right? So we use pleasure as a reward to treat ourselves after we feel like we've done enough or Mm. after we feel like we've become enough. But the thing with the world that we live in today is like we're never stopped stopped with the doing. So our to-do list continuously grows. So we never get to that point where we're actually like, okay, like I'm feeling amazing. I'm going to treat myself now. So what I teach is that pleasure isn't the reward, once you feel like you've done enough or once you feel like you are enough, pleasure is the tool to remind you that you always will be, you always, and you always have been worthy and enough. So it's about just choosing right now to live a life of pleasure, to treat yourself, to come back into your body instead of waiting for that day where you feel like you've become enough. It's just reversing that narrative that we tell ourselves. 
Mm. You know, one of the things I started doing, um, I lived in Paris for a year, almost a year ago. And the, I mean, the French have a very, I guess, forward kind of sex culture or not sex culture, but I think you know what I mean. Um, And I really enjoyed shopping for lingerie. And um, when I arrived back in Australia, I had a <laughs> almost like a suitcase full of really nice lingerie. And I just said, that's it. I'm never not wearing lingerie. And I wear it pretty much every day. Um, yeah. And it just makes me feel great. <laughs> and I think, you know, that maybe. Because I think like pleasure looks different for everybody. And that's what we really have to understand. Like pleasure is just feeling good and feeling good looks different for everybody. So for me, like, I don't care about lingerie. I don't even own any bras. Like for me, pleasure is like being free and not wearing any lingerie underneath my clothes. So like, there's no rules there, right? Like you get to create your own rules and narrative on what living a life of pleasure looks like for you. Yeah, for sure. I think that's so so true so important that was a bit of a tangent but I think you and I might have fun in Paris (laughs) (laughs) yeah people are so free there in Europe in general I went to the last time I went to to Europe I stayed in a nudist hotel in Greece and that was a fun experience (laughs) oh my gosh I think I'd love that too (laughs) Uh, when borders open we're we're going to Greece we're going (laughs) okay (laughs) All right. So I wanted to also ask, as this is a feminist segment, how has feminism been a part of your journey? And just to, um, so you know, I'm an intersectional feminist. So I I believe that um, it's about equality for all, not just women's rights. I actually love that you said that because what I'm noticing a lot lately is there are women who are labeling themselves feminists who are giving feminists a bad name. There's a lot of women out there who are actually acting like men and also tearing men down kind of in a way to like prove that they're better than or to get to the top, which is just, it's so, it's so toxic. Mm. Um, but I think in my own journey, I haven't been, if I'm completely honest, it hasn't been that feminism has been like a very conscious part of my journey, even though it's, everything to do with my journey at the same time. Um, I don't really promote myself as a feminist or talk about feminism on and within, within any of my content. But I think what I really believe deep down is that in doing the work to empower women, we're empowering women to be leaders and to work higher up in, in um, corporate as well. And not just women, like feminine embodied women. And when there's more feminine energy Um, in offices and in corporate and in government, for an example, this creates more balance for everybody. And when there's more harmony and there's more balance in these energies, that's better for everybody, men and women included. So I just, one final question, where can my listeners find you, follow you, connect with you and get one of your pleasure treasures? Um, So feel free to plug your website, social media profiles, anything else here? So my Instagram is asti.marie, A-S-T-I dot M-A-R-E-E. And my website is astimarie.com. And in that website, there's all information about my coaching, how you can work with me. But there's also a link through to the shop. So you'll click through and go to the Pleasure Treasures 
um, website and there'll be information about all the products as well as a little blog. If you're not sure which one's for you, there'll be a blog there to help you out to make that decision. And yeah. Wonderful. And are your products just available online? They're only available online right now, but I do worldwide shipping. Okay. Well, it's been, it has been a pleasure talking to you and um, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure.